Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 8 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. I hope you're all having an amazing time, an amazing day. I was going to say Wednesday, but that might not necessarily be true for those listening to it on a later date. Uh, I'm going to try and keep this episode semi-quick. As you know, uh, with last episode... Uh, I have I have a few complications with my uploading schedule in terms of how many hours I can do, so I have to do uh, a shorter episode, less than an hour. My uh, my max amount of time is 58 minutes, but I don't doubt that we'll be able to do that for this episode today because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Sword and Shield, new information, and Nintendo E3 Direct, uh, anything related to Pokemon on that uh, in that Direct I will be talking about, and as you can tell, I have a new microphone, so hooray for that. No more bad quality microphones. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully it's a little bit better on your ears. Hopefully it gives me a little bit more confidence to talk to my heart's content uh, because I was a little bit self-conscious about my microphone and how not, you know, not amazing it was. It was okay, but it wasn't as good as I wanted to, uh, wanted to have it be. Uh, the reason why I got a new microphone is because it was my birthday a few days ago, uh, last week. Uh, it was a lit. It was only like a few days uh, after the last episode of EvoCast. It was, I believe, the Monday after. So I didn't have a chance to get the new microphone. Obviously, before then. So uh, today is the first time where you'll be hearing the new microphone. And like I said, hopefully, it's a little better on your on your ears and. And just better in general. I'm very happy with the the uh, you know the sound quality of the microphone. Hopefully, it will improve your experience and improve just the whole podcast as a whole. So, we have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> uh, before I get into the big meat, uh, you know, part two of Let's Talk Galar or Galar, uh, you know, for this episode of EvoCast, uh, I want to go through a few a little bit of news. We do have some news. Uh, of course, everybody's favorite segment with the not-so-great name. Reviewity Day just happened, or Community Day. This is the rev- this is Reviewity Day, the segment where we go through and review the Community Day. Uh, community Day in review. This, wa- this uh, week's, or this month's, I suppose, was Slackhoth, uh, which is nice. La- I talked about it last episode, I believe, where we, uh, you know, we... we we knew that it was going to be Slackoth, um, but we didn't know a few things about it. It was like it, they had just released it. But June Community Day was Slackoth. It happened a little bit earlier this year, I believe. Um, it was on June 8th, and uh, Shiny Slackoth could appear. You could get Shiny Slacking. And the move that we knew or we didn't know before was Body Slam that it can have or it could have. Uh, obviously, it's over which is why it's called Ravunity Day. <laughs> um, but like last episode, and like I said, expect this to be kind of a theme for the next few episodes, uh, just because I'm home for the summer and I'm living in the middle of nowhere where there's no Pokemon at all. I'll talk a little more about that in another episode. I don't have time to talk about it today. But uh, like last episode, I didn't have a chance to go out at all. Uh recently at all you know because of the because of the fact that i live nowhere near any pokemon so i didn't have a chance to get any slack offs i didn't even i went out during that time but i literally caught zero slack uh slack offs i could not find a single one that just goes to show you how barren of a place that i live in right now uh when i'm home for the summer but 
Uh, I hope that everybody who did find a Slykoth, uh, you know, they, maybe they found a shiny Slykoth. I hope you did. Sly- shiny Slykoth is nice. I like the purple. Uh, I kind of wish they continued with that theme going with the rest of the evolution line. Uh, but Shiny Slyking is nice. Slyking with Body Slam is pretty good. Um, you know, it, it replaces the play rough that it normally has. Uh, and yeah, I hope you had a, I hope you all had a great, commu- uh, you know, Slykoth community day. <laughs> I hope you got your Shiny Slyking, or Slykoth, sorry. Um, and yeah, I didn't have a chance to go out, but I hope, that, I certainly hope that everyone listening had a good chance to go out and get one. So, uh, on to the news. Speaking of Pokemon Go, there is the bug type month going on right now in the month of June. Uh, I'm not really sure why this is happening or what their motive is, but you can find more bug types uh, this month. It's just more bug types. It's bug type month. <laughs> There's nothing else to do it. Uh, you know, nothing really to say about that. You know, if you like bug types, then this month is your month to go out and get some bug types. If you're missing some bug types in your Pokedex, then go out and get some bug types. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just bug type month. Maybe they'll do more type-themed months in the future that'll be nice uh help people get some you know have a chance to spotlight some certain types that they may not necessarily have and think pokemon you know types type of types of pokemon that they enjoy types of pokemon that they like uh also you have to excuse me i'm a little bit sick so if you hear me like wheezed when i breathe in that's probably why uh i've been having like a scratchy throat these past few days it's been affecting my my talking but uh it's it's all good now uh, so going, finishing up with the, uh, Pokemon Go news, of course, we always start with Pokemon Go, not really sure why, Pokemon Go is kind of, like, the biggest thing when it comes to news and updates, because it gets updated so frequently, and I know that a lot of people, uh, play Pokemon Go, and of course, um, you know, I feel like going with that, you know, going with that note, I feel like Sword and Shield right now would trump it, but, uh, I mean, technically, Sword and Shield isn't really... The Sword and Shield stuff I talk about isn't technically in the new segment. It's its own thing. Uh, but, you know, Pokemon Go, other than those new Pokemon games coming out, is, like, the biggest thing uh, right now in terms of Pokemon, and I think that's why it comes up. It has such a big time slot when it comes to news and just when talking about it in general. I mean, Pokemon Go is really big, you know? Uh, but, anyway, the Pokemon Go Snapshot Challenge that I talked about in episode 5, episode 6, I'm not sure, I don't remember exactly, but uh, the Pokemon Go Snapshot Challenge is done for the 2019 uh, edition. It says, Trainers, over the past few months, we've received over 57,000 entries for the hashtag Go Snapshot Challenge from all over the world. We asked you to snap photos for three challenges, and you definitely showed off your AR photography skills. You've shown us the powerful bond between you and your Pokemon and the beautiful habits that they interact with. We've been especially blown away with your limitless creativity in the last challenge and beyond. Each challenge featured a grand prize winner and two runner-ups that greatly impressed our judges. We're excited to recap the grand prize winners from our three challenges for you. So adventure number one was the buddy challenge, and the grand prize winner comes from Risokichi, who took a picture with her Blissey. Uh, of course, you can check this out on PokemonGoLive.com slash post slash Go Snapshot Summer 2019 winners. Uh, you can just go on the Pokemon Go Twitter and find a link to it. So you don't have to memorize that link and type it in. Um, yeah, you can look at the pictures for yourself. I'm not going to go into great detail explaining them. But uh, adventure number two, the Habitat Challenge, goes to Pokemon Go Matt, 
who did a picture with their haunter or a picture of their haunter in a very spooky forest. I applaud, you know, how good that looks. It's actually really nice. And then uh, in the adventure number three, the Go Create Challenge, the grand prize winner is Art of Keith Lapinig, <laughs> uh, who took a picture with their Mewtwo, who did like, he did like a, or they, I, I, uh, I guess, did a nice, like, cutout of like a Mew and a Mewtwo in a bubble. Or not the Mewtwo. They added a Mewtwo after with the AR camera. Uh, it's really cool. You should check it out. So, it says the grand prize winners will receive a special Pokestop featuring their winning photo that will remain no less than three months. Travel and tickets to a 2019 Pokemon Go Fest of their choice. Thank you for the wonderful entries. The way you've all channeled your passion for Pokemon through AR photography inspires us. Remember, just because the Go Snapshot Challenge is over doesn't mean the fun stops here. We encourage you to continue taking AR photos with your favorite Pokemon and sharing them online using hashtag GoSnapshot for the whole community to enjoy. We hope you had as much fun taking these photos as we did admiring them. We look forward to seeing more of your Go Snapshot, snapshot photos soon. The Pokemon Go team. P.S. Want to know how to use Go Snapshot? Okay, yeah, it's just whatever. Uh, but yeah, that was really nice. Uh, I hope they do this more in the future. I didn't have a chance to participate because I forgot about it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot that it was even happening, even though I talked about it for a good, like, 20 minutes on my podcast. But, eh, you know, next next time. Next time I will, I will do it. Uh, so, uh, there is a Pokemon Evolution Mewtwo Strikes Back Q&A held at Anime Expo, uh, interviewing some of the main lead, uh, you know, creators of the movie, as well as Ash's voice actor, Rika... Rika Matsumoto. <laughs> um, you can find more information about that on the Pokemon Twitter or on Cerebi, which is where I got it from. Thank you, Cerebi. Uh, but yeah, you can have there's there's a Q and A going on about Pokemon Evolution as well as a never before seen screening of a trailer or you know some some never before seen footage of the movie, which is exciting. Pokemon trading card game got a new box the unified minds box this is coming from cerebi.net thank you again to cerebi um the next english set unified minds has been revealed all gx cards for the next set have been revealed so the uh so the gx cards which i'm just going to go through real quick here are garnchop and garatina uh deoxys and espion mega sableye and tyranitar raichu and alolan raichu and Rowlet and Executor, Slowpoke and Psyduck, and Umbreon and Darkrai. Uh, you can find some some really cool art, like of the you know on the on the trading cards. If you want to look on Cerebi.net on their Twitter, or uh, just look up you know the trading card game. Uh, nothing really else to say about that. The art is really cool. If you're interested in it, you can go check it out there. Uh, I lied. There's more Pokemon Go talk. I missed this one. Um, this is, again, coming directly from Cerebi.net. I'm reading it word for word. I hope they don't mind. Uh, Pokemon Go. Niantic have, a, have announced the details for the Yokohama Safari Zone. As stated before, this takes place in the Yokohama, Japan, in Yokohama, Japan during the Pikachu Outbreak Chew event, specifically August 6th through 12th in three... There's three E's in that three different parks. <laughs> Yamashita Park, Rinko Park, and Red Brick Park. It contains many Pokemon, including Unknown and Chatot. 
Applications to get tickets, which are free, run from June 19th through June 28th, with winners being notified that they can claim their tickets on June 29th. This is done through the app. The players can only attend for one day. So, if you are, if you happen to be in Japan or are willing to travel all the way to Japan for the next uh, Safari Zone event, uh, apply for tickets. June 19th through June 28th. And now, winners will be announced on June 29th. Pretty exciting. Uh, I was thinking about doing it, but of course, I don't have the opportunity to go all the way to Japan as much as I would love to. <laughs> okay, and for the last bit of news for today, not too many bits of news. Uh, I really want to jump right into the discussion about the new stuff. Um, Detective Pikachu, the official soundtrack for Detective Pikachu, is being released on vinyl as a record. Uh, which is exciting, as well as the official release on Spotify. So if you want to listen to the Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, Detective Pikachu soundtrack uh, from the movie, you can go on Spotify and listen to it. I've listened to a little bit of it. It's very nice. One thing I do have to say, going going off on a little bit of of a tangent before we talk about uh, Sword and Shield, uh, I really wish, I don't know for for those who haven't seen the movie, this is spoiler-free, of course, don't worry about it, but... um, the credits song uh, was a remix of the Red and Blue theme, and I gotta say, it was amazing. I like, I got for some reason I got really emotional during that last for during the credit scene just because of the song uh, and a lot of stuff that I won't go into because I don't want to spoil it. But the song in particular was amazing, and the only version I've been able to find on online right now is on YouTube. And it's like a video recording of the person using their phone and recording the credit scene to listen to the song. And I really wish that they would just release the song. It's so good. I would literally listen to it on repeat for hours if they do. It's so good. Um, so if you if you haven't seen the movie yet uh, or you left before the credits, please go back and listen to the credits of that movie. It was amazing seriously and the credits itself were amazing all the art and stuff was awesome it was just, it was great like i've never appreciated a credit scene more than i have with detective pikachu um and uh lastly before i go and talk about the big event i know i'm kind of like uh you know blue ballsing me here with the, <laughs> the new information from e3 and from the direct that just happened a few days ago but i do want to talk a little bit of seriousness about this podcast uh, usually I save this kind of stuff for the end or the beginning, but I want to talk about it now just because um, it's it's nice. I, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about how I feel about this podcast, if you're interested in, in listening to this. If you're not interested in listen, listening to this, just skip ahead until you start hearing stuff about Son, uh, Sword and Shield if you really don't want to listen to it. But... Uh, if you if you are curious, you know if you are curious about something how I feel personally about this podcast, tune in. Um, so like, um, for those who who know me uh, and follow my social media, you know that I have been streaming a lot recently and doing a lot of YouTube videos and recording my voice and being more of a personality online. Uh, and I really appreciate the opportunity for. Um, the, the the opportunity to be very professional on this podcast. I mean, I know I just said blue ballsing, but you know what I mean. Uh, because on stream or on YouTube, I tend to be silly. I tend to be, you know, I want to be entertaining. I want to be silly. I want to be funny. Uh, I want to be a good personality for people to tune into and enjoy watching, you know, watching and listening to. 
But I really enjoy this podcast because it's more of a professional and serious outlet for me because I really like doing the news. Like, I really like being like, next on the agenda is this, you know, here's all the information you need. You can go to, you know, PokemonGo.com, you know, like being very professional and being, you know, uh, you know, being professional, (laughs) saying things in a tone and in a feeling that I wouldn't be able to if I was talking on stream. Because if I was on stream or on a YouTube video and I was being very professional and being very, very, very serious, not that it's bad, um, but, you know, I like to think of this, I like to think of this podcast as a radio show. You know, it's it's something that I want people to listen to for news, not necessarily just news, but news and my opinions. And if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be limiting myself to an hour and 30 minutes, give or take every episode maximum, you know, I want to get my thoughts out well and be able to talk about as much as I can in a, in the best well understood way. And the best way to be understood in this kind of topic is to be professional and be serious and, and talk very nicely. Uh, you know, uh, specifically, uh, certain people come to mind, you know, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like old YouTubers that I used to watch where they've been, they were super professional about their videos in the beginning, uh, where they did like reviews and they did like, you know, commentaries, gameplay commentaries or whatever. And they were very, very serious about it and very, very professional. And I'm taking a little bit of inspiration from that. Um, I'm not, you know, not naming any names because there's so many, but like, on stream, I could be silly. I could joke about whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. Well, you know, uh, you know, I have a game to talk about. I have some story to tell. I can, you know, swear. <laughs> uh, I try not to swear on this podcast because I want it to be family friendly. Of course, I did just say blue ballsing, but you know, I, I tend to kind of blur the line of a little bit. I'm not worried about it, but I don't want to be spewing around the f word every five seconds on a podcast like this. Um, but you know, like. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that I really appreciate the opportunity to be professional and the opportunity to be to to plan out what I want to say and to to get it out to people and like you know getting into the mindset of talking about things in a more professional way and getting information out in an easy to understand easily you know, understood way. Uh, I'm kind of repeating myself. I'm, I sound like a broken record, but it, I'm, I'm having trouble getting out my thoughts. Um, I didn't really do much thinking about this topic beforehand, but you know what I mean, right? Y- you know what I mean. I, I appreciate the duality of being on stream, being on YouTube, being in a silly call with my friends and being able to talk about whatever I want. And then sitting down for an hour, hour and a half, and just talk about Pokemon, and talk about Pokemon in a serious tone, in a serious manner, and it's a really good outlet for me, because some, because, like, you know, I want to be silly, and I want to be funny, and I want to be entertaining to people on stream, and on videos, and stuff, and I want to be a good internet personality, but I also want people to be, I want... I want to be respectable. I don't want to just be spewing around anything that might be funny and be like, hey guys, look at this joke I just made, huh? So funny. 
you know, I want an outlet for people to be like, you know, I really like her content, but like, she's too silly, you know, I want, and like, you know, this podcast can be that, you know, and I try to give this podcast as much personality as I possibly can without blurring that line, without going into the silliness and being, not being professional, uh, but, you know, you know, thank you for listening to this, by the way. Like, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening to this podcast so far. Uh, I haven't really gotten too much in terms of viewership or anything like that, but, you know, that literally, that doesn't matter to me. As long as I'm being entertaining to people and people enjoy my content, that's all I care about. And I'm glad, like, I want to be, it, it's, it's partly because I need that outlet personally, because I need something to talk about and things, you know, a medium to to use to talk about things professionally and talk about things in a serious tone. Uh, because, you know, too much fun sometimes is, you know, too much silliness, too much fun can sometimes be draining and sometimes be, you know, I want people to be able to take me seriously. I'm not saying that people don't take me seriously, but if they want something like this, like this podcast from me, I want to give it to him. I want to be, you know, it's, it's duality because it's partly because I want to do it for myself. And it's also because I want to do it for you guys. You know, um, maybe there'll be, you know, there'll be other episodes in the future where I get a guest online, like in episode 5.5, where I brought on Malone and Maddie, um, you know, we were super silly. We made jokes. That's just because when it, when I tend to be around other people, I tend to be really jokey. And when I tend to be by myself, I tend to be more, uh, laid back and serious, but that's, you know, that's pretty much the nature of anybody because, like, what's the point of being silly and funny if nobody's around to hear it, you know? Um, and, you know, when I'm not making this, when I'm not making things for somebody, I tend to be very serious about it and tend to be not really, you know, be jokey or silly because there's no reason to be. But in this podcast, I really do just kind of feel like I'm sitting here talking to myself and just info dumping about things. And I like being able to be serious about it. So that's going to wrap it up for that little tangent right there. Sorry that it took the, sorry that it was like three minutes long or I don't even know how, how long it was. Uh, but thank you for listening. If you listened to this far, uh, if you haven't skipped past it, thank you for listening to my, my personal feelings about this podcast, because I really do want to make this podcast something that people enjoy. Uh, and I want to make it as, as best and as entertaining as possible. I really, really enjoy doing it. It's very, very fun for me. Uh, and I hope that it's fun for you guys too. Okay. <laughs> anyway, exactly 22 minutes on the dot, at least for me. Uh, that's, of course, before accounting my intro and things. Um, sword and Shield. Ladies and gentlemen, we have new information about Sword and Shield. And let me just say, I am so hype. Time to turn on the silliness. Time to turn on the excitableness, the excitement, the fun. We're not talking about news anymore, folks. I mean, we kind of are. But we're going into this full-fledged, head-on, so excited. So, so, so excited. Uh, just as a warning, uh, if you are, you know, if you are interested in keeping the game completely spoiler-free for yourself, not knowing about anything that happens in the game besides maybe a few things that, you know, you can't avoid on social media, but uh, if you don't want to know any of the inner workings of the things that happened on the Direct or things on E3, because I will be going over some things that uh, weren't released officially and were kind of just, like, checked on or, like, not data-mined, but you know what I mean, like, gone into in deep, in depth to look into uh, if you don't want to know any of that stuff and you want to keep that kind of stuff a secret, um, so this is your spoiler warning. I'm sorry if you're leaving now. Thank you so much for listening if you are leaving now because I will be going into a lot of stuff. Um, 
But yeah, let's start part two. Let's talk Galar. Galar. Galar, Galar whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the title of this episode, if I remember to do that. But, uh, so Sword of Shield, new Pokemon. I'm going to start right off the bat with the new Pokemon. Uh, my internet is down currently. Hold on one second. I don't know what's going on. Okay, it's back. <laughs> Not sure what happened there, but new Pokemon. On Cerebi.net, you can find information about this new Pokemon, or if you watch the Direct. Uh, of course, there is Gookie, Scorbunny, and Sobble, but uh, first off, Wooloo, the new normal type Pokemon, the sheep. I love it. It's so cute. It's it's an internet cessation right now, folks. If you haven't heard of Wooloo, what are you doing? You living under a rock? <laughs> if you've been on Twitter, YouTube... Tumblr, anything, and you haven't heard of Wooloo, consider yourself, I was going to say lucky, but like, no, Wooloo is a blessing to this earth. Consider yourself cursed if you haven't seen anything about Wooloo. <laughs> uh, Wooloo is a normal type Pokemon. Its classification is the sheet Pokemon. It is two feet high, 13 pounds. It has the ability Fluffy or Runaway. Its known moves from the, uh, the E3 demo are Defense Curl, Double Edge, Takedown, and Cotton Guard. Um... The Wooloo says the white fur that covers their bodies grows throughout their lives and it will fully grow back in three months even if the Wooloo has been completely shorn. The fur is used for clothing and carpets and the like and it is very popular as a specialty product in the Galar region. Wooloo lives as a herd and mimic the actions of the trainer or herd leader. They dislike conflict and if they need to escape from enemies they will simply roll away. I love this Pokemon. Seriously. Uh, Not really much else to say about it but like Seriously, there's so much fan art. There's so many things about this Pokemon that you can go look at on Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, everything. Look up Wooloo. Look up Wooloo on social media to find lots of cute art of Wooloo. Wooloo is the biggest thing right now, I gotta say. Uh, And it's a blessing. (laughs) I'm very excited about this Pokemon. It seems to be, uh, maybe, necessarily, the, like, uh, normal type quote-unquote rodent Pokemon, you know, like, the the default, uh, you know, like, Young Goose, Rattata, uh, what's, what am I looking, what am I thinking, like, oh, like, Patrat, you know, that, those kind of Pokemon, uh, but it's a sheep, and it's a blessing, uh, we don't, I don't know if it evolves yet, it might even not evolve, who knows, okay, moving on, there is Gossiflor, Japanese name Himenka, it is a grass-type Pokemon, it is the flowering Pokemon, it is a foot and four inches. It is five pounds. Uh, we don't know its moves. And it says, Gossifleur prefers lands with clean water and air. And its pollen has a healing effect. It's pollen, not pauling. Its pollen works on people too. And it has been a common folk medicine remedy for children of the Galar region to be given a tea made from this pollen when they fell ill. Gossifleur travels along long distances by getting blown along by the wind. It controls the direction of its travels by twisting its body and petals. Uh, it's very cute. I like it a lot. It's very, very good. <laughs> uh, not really sure what else to say. I'm not going to go super in-depth about these Pokemon, but it's cute. It looks like a chili pepper. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a chili pepper when I first saw it because it has that, like, no feet. It's just like a, a stem, you know? It looks like a chili pepper. <laughs> and, of course, it's Evolution. Eldegoss is the Cotton Bloom Pokemon. It is a grass type. Uh, it is a foot and eight inches. It only grows... Uh, four inches when it evolves. <laughs> it is 5.5 pounds. Excuse me. 
When Gossifleur evolves into Eldegoss, its head becomes covered in a thick cotton fluff. This cotton fluff serves as a cushion, helping to protect Eldegoss's head from damage. The tiny seeds attached to the cotton fluff are said to be highly nutritious and beneficial to both Pokemon and people. Eldegoss spreads these seeds throughout the region by sending them on the wind, making the soil of the Galar region rich in nutrients. Nutrients, excuse me. Uh, yeah. First, uh, evolution we saw, we've seen. First Pokemon known to evolve in the Galar region. Uh, next up, Dreadnaw, the water rock type Pokemon, which, uh, first one, first water rock type to not be a fossil, if I remember correctly. That might be completely wrong. I might be totally wrong about that because, you know, of course, uh, Almanite, Kabuto, Tortuga, all those fossil Pokemon, uh, on our water rock. I don't think there's any more water rock. I might be wrong. Uh, but water rock, it is the bite Pokemon. It is three feet tall. It is 254 pounds. Uh, it says, the sharp jagged fangs of the bite Pokemon Dreadnought are sharp enough to bite through rock and iron. Though it has an extremely heavy rock shell, its well-developed muscles allow it to move more quickly. Dreadnought is known to be extremely vicious, and it takes a skilled trainer to tame and handle this Pokemon. It seems that some trainers will release Dreadnought in back into the wild once they discover that they can't handle it. Uh, can I just say, I love the aesthetic of this Pokemon. I love the, the rock mohawk it's, it's got going on. It's a very, like, punk rocky Pokemon. <laughs> Get it, rock? Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I like its head. Its head is, like, shaped like a marshmallow. It's very funny to me for some reason. I like it a lot. Um, it's cute. It's a good Pokemon. Okay, next. Uh, Corviknight. Corviknight is the flying steel-type Pokemon. It is the raven Pokemon. It is seven gosh darn feet tall. Jesus Christ. 165 pounds. This thing weighs more than me. Uh, known moves. Brave Bird. Swagger. Drill Peck and Steel Wing. It is said that Corviknight is the strongest Pokemon living in the skies of the Galar region. It can often be seen fearlessly soaring through the air. Many said that this that many po many say that any Pokemon foolish enough to challenge Corviknight are sent running with its sharp glare and cry from this fierce fearsome Pokemon. Corviknight possesses <laughs> superb flying skills and high intelligence. Because of this, many of them work for the company called Galar, Tra Galar Taxi, helping transport people from town to town. Yeah, uh, if you didn't see the direct, Corviknight acts as the sort of fly, uh, I assume, kind of like a taxi service. Uh, it, it can have you fly around and, you know, um, it, it flies you from place to place. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit about that a little bit. But uh, you're probably thinking... Oh, we're going to move on to the legendaries next. But no, there was actually some more Pokemon. Very topical. Uh, today, actually, by the, uh, the time I'm recording this. Actually, no, not today, because it is currently 12.33 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, so technically, no, <laughs> it's not the same day. You know what I mean, though. Uh, there were two new Pokemon revealed. Uh, if you really don't want to know about what these Pokemon are, if this is a little too spoilery for you, uh, you can skip ahead. Uh, but there was Pokemon revealed at the E3 demo just earlier today, uh, never, never before seen, that one of them is Yamper, the electric-type Pokemon. It is a Corgi Pokemon. Uh, it's not, it's not the Corgi Pokemon, it's just a Corgi Pokemon. Uh, its ability is Ball Fetch. Uh, Ball Fetch 
the ability that is a completely new ability, uh, not super useful, but it's interesting because it's uh, if it has no held item and you throw a Pokeball at it, it has a chance to catch that Pokeball. And when you catch the Pokemon, it will be holding that Pokeball. So if you miss if you miss a ball on Yamper, uh, you might be able to get it back. It's just electric type. Surprising to me, I thought it might have been normal normal electric, uh, but it's known moves right now are Play Rough, Spark, Crunch, and Wild Charge. That is all we know about this Pokemon right now. Uh, it's very cute. <laughs> if you're interested in seeing it, you can go to Cerebi.net uh, slash Sword Shield slash Pokemon uh, to see the new Pokemon in Sword and Shield. Um, yeah, very, very cute. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Be very cool. Uh, yeah, Yamper. It's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. Uh, first Corgi Pokemon, new dog. Always, always a big fan of the new dog Pokemon. Um, all right, moving on. There is <laughs> another Pokemon revealed, which is Impidimp. It is... I'm very happy about this. I'm very, very surprised, and I'm very... I'm for some, This is very exciting to me for some reason. Uh, it is the very first dark fairy type pokemon which is exciting <laughs> new type combinations uh something we've never seen before uh very very exciting um its known moves are assurance sucker punch and play rough uh if you want to get a better look at this pokemon of course you can go on serapy.net like i just said uh it's this weird pink goblin looking thing i mean i guess imp looking thing with its big blue tongue sticking right out uh, very weird. Personally, I don't really like it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that's saying something, because I love every Pokemon, but compared to a lot of other Pokemon, it, eh, it kind of creeps me out a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I like it, though. It's very, it's, it's nice. It's a good addition. I can't wait to see, uh, its evolution, if it has one. Uh, and moving on, before we go to the, ev- the legendaries, there is an unnamed squirrel-like Pokemon seen on Cerebi, seen in the background in the crowd in multiple places. It can also be seen on the jersey worn by a child in the crowd during the direct, uh, during the, the direct that just happened, uh, which is interesting. New uh, Pokemon that was teased, maybe they didn't necessarily want to show it or think anyone would notice, but... There's a squirrel Pokemon, which might be the so-called normal type rodent <laughs> that every region has, like Patrat, uh, Rattata, you know what I mean. Maybe Wooloo isn't, you know, I never really expected Wooloo to be that, because Wooloo is kind of unfitting, uh, but maybe this one will be it. Interesting. Alright, moving on to the legendary Pokemon, there's Zacian and Zamazenta, which are the dog legendary Pokemon that are representing Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Um, Zacian is the sword one, has a sword in its mouth. It's very cool. I like it a lot, personally. It's my favorite out of the two. Uh, it says, Zacian attacks so gracefully that its movements can even captivate captivate its, its opponents. It holds what appears to be a sword in its mouth. Uh, and Zamazenta says, Zamazenta's regal and majestic movements overwhelm any opponents that dare face it. Its body is covered in what seems to be a shield. Uh, I like. I don't like the ambiguity. <laughs> what seems to be a sword or what appears to be a shield. Uh, very ambiguous. But I'm excited to see what uh, what they do with these Pokemon and what they have in store with the game and what you know what they do with the. Um, 
you know, what they plan to do with the story. I'm excited to see it. New legendary Pokemon is always a big thing. Of course, these are the two box art legendaries that they always show. Uh, I'm very excited. This is very, this is very, very exciting. Uh, I really like the two legendaries. I think they're very different from what we've seen. They're very similar in look, and I think that's really cool. I think it kind of uh, makes sense in a way, if that makes sense, with uh, just kind of the theme. I think they, they look awesome. They look very much in the aesthetic of, of Galar so far. Uh, and I love them. I love Zacian and Zamazenta. <laughs> They're very, very cool. Uh, of course, if you haven't seen the direct, there was that little trailer, that little like cool animation that we saw with uh, the, you know, the, uh, with, with, the, the, with the direct featuring the two new legendary Pokemon, which is cool. Uh, very, very, very exciting. Okay, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the miscellaneous stuff that was uh, shown uh, in the new Direct, and then after uh, the first segment of of today, uh, we will talk a little bit more in-depth about some of the stuff we saw in the trailer. Um, Something I want to talk about real quick before we go into the first segment is the Rotom Phone. Uh, We got official art of the Rotom Phone, which you can find on Cerebee, Cerebee.net on Twitter. Uh, You can see the, uh, you know... Going with the theme of the Rotom decks in Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon, we now have the Rotom phone. And something that I picked out, uh, obviously I'm not the first one to pick this out, but something that I noticed specifically during the Direct that I was excited to talk about. uh, If you notice, during the... If you go back and watch the Direct, okay? If you haven't seen this yet, uh, if you go back and you see the uh, scene where they're flying around in the gym, uh, the new gym... Uh, when it goes to the camera view, you can see on the left side there is a tiny icon of what appears to be a Rotom drone <laughs> or something like that. You know, like a Rotom flying camera. Uh, I like. I really like the the application of technology with Rotom. I think it's funny. I think it's super clever. I think it's it's really good (laughs) i'm excited to see what other technology we see with rotom maybe we'll have the rotom decks come back i don't know uh rotom phone is obviously still a thing uh and the rotom drone rotom phone rotom drone uh it might not even be a rotom drone it might just be a drone i don't know it just it had the vague shape of a rotom and that's just my suspicion something that i suspected um okay uh, we're going to go into our first segment of the week, everybody's favorite segment, Random Pokemon of the Week, where we go through a random Pokemon each episode and talk about everything related to that Pokemon. Uh, this week's Pokemon is number 503, Samurott, the last evolution in line for the Unova starter, Oshawott. Uh, Samurott is number 503, it is the formidable Pokemon, it evolves from Dewatt at level 36, it's a water type Pokemon. It is a starter Pokemon, of course, so its gender ratio is uh, 87.5 to 12.5, male, female, respectively. Uh, its abilities are Torrent and Shell Armor, is its hidden ability. Um, it, of course, is, you know, uh, do I really have to say anything about Samurai? It's a starter, final evolution of a starter. I mean, uh, it's good. It's good Pokemon. It's cool. Um, some of its Pokemon, some some of its Pokedex entries, which I'm not going to go through a lot of them, but some some of them that I thought were interesting was one swing of the sword incorporated into its armor can fell an opponent. A simple glare from one of them quiets everybody. Kind of similar to uh, Zacian. In the time it takes the foe to blink, it can draw and sheathe the scimitars attached to its front its front legs. Are they really called scimitars? 
So it's it's like a scimitar, but it they they do the pun scimitar s e a mitar. Are you kidding me? That is so funny. I I didn't see that. I didn't catch that. That is hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. Um, this is coming from uh, Alpha Sapphire. One swing. Oh, never mind. That's the same thing. Uh, all right, never mind. There. Oh no, never mind. Part of the armor on its anterior legs becomes a giant sword. Its cry alone is enough to intimidate most enemies. Kind of fitting with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, the release of Zashi and kind of uh, putting Samurai to shame a little bit with his tiny little sword. Uh, you know, I think uh, Zashian kind of does what Samurai does a little bit better. Uh, it is a base stat total of 528. Um, it is let's see let's go to the trivia samurat superior and embor all share the same base stat of 528 of course because they are the um you know these the all the starters and at 2.099 seconds samurat has the longest cry of any starter that's interesting that's actually really cool uh samurat's shiny form unfortunately i have to give a four out of ten uh it's not very good. I mean, I like it, but I wish it was a little bit more different. Uh, I like the. I actually do like the color scheme they did. It becomes darker. Um, its paler shell uh, parts become, uh, you know, like a darker, like almost like a pink, like a salmon color. It's interesting. It looks really cool. If you haven't seen Shiny Samurott, I uh, encourage you to look it up. It's actually very interesting. It's very cool Pokemon. Very cool Shiny. Uh, but unfortunately, I only have to give it a 4 out of 10. Uh, sorry, Samurott. Um, of course, something that I did want to say real quick about Samurott. Uh, Samurott was kind of like the first big offender to the bipedal starters becoming quadrupedal. Um, which a lot of people complained about specifically with Samurott, which I can definitely see why they thought, why they're upset about that because, you know, Oshawott and Duwat are bipedal and then Samurott is, uh, you know, a quadruped Pokemon. Uh, it walks on four legs, which is a very weird change. It kind of goes from standing on two legs to immediately walking on four legs. It's a little bit weird, uh, but, uh, you know, something to think about, something as a little bit of feedback. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Pokemon that go from bipedal to quadrupedal? Uh, does it bother you? Does it, do you think it's cool? <laughs> Specifically, Samrot, what do you think about it? Uh, respond in the comments below. No. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, I don't really mind it all too much. I can definitely see where they're coming from with the complaint. Uh, of course, this is outdated. This is like when Black and White came out, people complained about this. And people still complain about it with uh, some other Pokemon uh, you know, um, specifically kind of vice versa, um, Litten and Toracat becoming, going from quadrupedal to bipedal. Some people had a problem with that kind of on the same realm as Samurott, just, you know, inverse. Uh, but I mean, I can definitely see their complaint. I don't have a problem with it personally, but you know, okay. Uh, Samurott is this is coming from Smogon.com. It is a never used, which is a little bit higher than, than uh, you know, PU. It's pretty good. Uh, it has an HP stat of 95, an attack of 100, defense of 85, special attack of 108, and a shared special defense and speed of 70. Um, I'm going to read through the overview. I'm, 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 I want to spend more time on the random Pokemon of the week, so doing that 
from now on, if it's not too long, I'm going to read the uh, the Smogon uh, description of the Pokemon and how they do best, well, what they do best in the tier. Um, Samurott is one of the best defensive water types in the NU tier. Thanks to its balanced attacking stats, it can effectively run physical, special, and mixed sets. Having access to near-perfect coverage with moves like Hydro Pump, Ice Beam, and Grass Knot, it rarely finds itself hard-walled by any Pokemon. It also has access to Swords Dance and Aqua Jet, allowing it to perform as a sweeper, as well as another utility move in Taunt, which, which can give it the opportunity to break through Pokemon like Vaporeon and Defensive Slowking by preventing them from recovering. It can also prevent status moves from the likes of Mega Audino and Stealth Rock from Pokemon like Dredigan. Samurott has quite a few checks, however, such as Hel Heliodisk and Vaporeon, both of which tank Water-type moves with ease, preventing Samurott from spamming Hydro Pump and Liquidation. Heliodisk works especially well against Samurott, as it is faster and puts a stop to both the Special and Swords Dance sets. Samurott is further hindered by its mediocre speed, meaning you'll have to keep it healthy so you can set up a sweep. This also makes it easy to revenge kill with Pokemon that are resistant to Aqua Jet, such as Sceptile and Whimsicott. Uh, it's, that was written by Yoshizilla314, by the way. Um, it's uh, preferred moveset, or most recommended moveset, is a special wall breaker with Hydro Pump, Grass Knot, Taunt, uh, Ice Beam, Taunt, slash Aqua Jet, slash Knockoff, like we heard in that description, uh, an item of Life Orb, the ability Torrent, Nature Timid, 252 special attack EVs, 4 speed EVs, or special defense EVs, I apologize, and 252 speed EVs. So, it, it sounds like it's pretty good <laughs> for the tier. Um, I'm very running low on time here, uh, so we're going to continue pretty quickly here, but something I do want to say is that I want to put more of a focus on competitive battling in this podcast because it's something personally that I really enjoy. Uh, so from now on, expect me to go over a little bit more in depth about Pokemon uh, with their competitiveness in the random Pokemon of the week. Of course, if it applies, if it's a terrible Pokemon or a little cut Pokemon that doesn't have, you know, if it doesn't matter, if it's like a mid-stage Pokemon that just doesn't matter, uh, don't expect me to talk about it too much. But the Pokemon that do matter, expect me to go on a long time about it. Um, okay, uh, that's going to... Uh, you know, that's going to finish it up for Samurott's Random Pokemon of the Week. Thank you, Samurott. I don't know why I'm thanking Samurott, but uh, tune in next week for the next Random Pokemon of the Week. So, more things about uh, Sword and Shield. Uh, I have to kind of go a little bit quickly here. Uh, you'll hear my thoughts about this stuff as a whole once we hear more information about it. I'm just kind of going over what happened and what was revealed and just a quick little thing about how I feel about it. Uh, but the new trainers, uh, Sonia, Magnolia, Leon, and Hop. Uh, Magnolia, Professor Magnolia is, of course, the new professor. Uh, the second female professor, which is very cool. Very, very nice. Uh, and, of course, going with the, the trope of having them named after trees. <laughs> um, I like her a lot. I think she's going to be a great uh, addition to the, to the professor lineup. And then, of course, her assistant, Sonia, which is... Who is, uh, you know, slowly and surely becoming one of the most popular Pokemon characters right now. Of course, the, uh, you know, the attractive women always tend to be, uh, you know, liked a lot <laughs> when they first come out. Uh, so, like, akin to Wooloo, expect to see a lot of Sonya art in the near future. And, you know, just in general, if you haven't already. Uh, Leon, of course, is the new uh, champion. 
which is really cool. I like him a lot. I'm a little bit disappointed that his signature Pokemon is a Charizard. I feel like they could have done a... Don't, like, don't get me wrong, I love Charizard, but don't get me wrong. Like, you know, uh, I think that they could have done a little bit more creative, you know, creative liberty with the signature Pokemon. We've been making it, like, at least a, a Galar Pokemon, or at least something a little more original than Charizard. Uh, you know, Charizard's been seen quite a lot, so, uh, you know whatever i'm not gonna worry about it uh it is what it is can't really complain about it uh but it is a little bit disappointing in my in my you know in my opinion but leon i think looks great i think leon is is going to be a great addition to the champion and i'm excited to see how he relates to the story how he interacts with the characters and all that stuff and speaking of leon there is hop who is your rival who is adorable i love him a lot um he's yeah, I mean, there's nothing else really we can, we can really say about him. He wants to be like his older brother. He wants to be the best. He wants to be the best. <laughs> That's true for every rival, pretty much. Uh, he's Leon's little brother. He's cute. I like him. I'm excited. I'm excited to fight both him and alongside him. Uh, so, uh, Professor Magnolia, I was going to mention this, is uh, studying Dynamaxing. Uh, of course, every time there's like a new big mechanic, you know, with Mega Evolution, uh, with Z moves, the, the the Pokemon professors tend to study those things as kind of like a, a tutorial. Excuse me, you know, it's kind of an easy tutorial. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it's good for the for the trainers because it's like the professors are so common and they they show up a lot. It's a good medium for them to be like, hey, this is how you do this. This is what happens. This is why you're the one. You're like the only one with a mega ring, and why you know why you're the one that's doing it because your professor's learning about it, and he's your and they're your professor, so you get to be the lucky one. It's kind it's kind of a good plot filler or a plot point. That helps to solidify the fact that, uh, you know, you're the one that gets to do it. And it, it seems to be a lot like Z-Moves and Mega Evolution. Of course, Dynamaxing, if you don't know, is the new mechanic that uh, lets you grow your Pokemon gigantic. <laughs> uh, only for three turns, unfortunately. But it looks like a really cool mechanic. It looks to be like, um, like a more glass cannony or a more like high risk high reward uh mega evolution which i think is really cool because mega evolution of course lasts forever until the pokemon faints but with dynamaxing uh it's it's probably going to be very powerful i mean the pokemon grows gigantic so i wouldn't be surprised if it was like super op but of course it only lasts for three turns so if a pokemon that you're fighting has protect or endure or both you're going to have a bad time <laughs> with Dynamaxing because it only lasts for three turns. So it's good. I like it a lot because it, it kind of adds a little bit more strategy with... Uh, it's, it's kind of like a Mega Evolution and a Z-Move that adds a lot more strategy because you actually have to formulate how you're going to use it to your advantage. And I'm not saying that Mega Evolution and Z-Moves didn't have that, but Dynamaxing seems to be more focused on like, hey, you only have a limited time to use this. Better do it correctly or you're going to be in a bad spot, you know? Uh, I like it a lot. I think it's a really cool mechanic. I'm excited to see more about it. Uh, speaking of Dynamaxing, the raids, like the Dyna the Dynamax raids look really cool. I can't wait to do that with my friends. Um, of course, like I said, if you haven't seen any of this stuff, you can go watch the Direct. 
Uh, I hope you're not hearing it from me first because the direct was amazing. It went through. It was a very good showing of how, how things work and uh, a little more topical. Uh, you can watch the E3 presentation uh, about uh, the new stuff. You can see the new Pokemon. You can see how things work um, with the, the new stuff. They go a little more, a little bit more in depth about the open world system, about uh, the GUI, everything like that, the, the phones, and you can check that out if you want. Uh, so speaking of the open world, I'm so, I didn't talk about this before. I'm so excited about the fact that this game is open world. Kind of. It's, it's pseudo open world. Like the whole, the whole thing where it's like, it's like, you know, you have those areas where you just roam free and like there are cities and stuff dotted around the areas. I love that. I think it's more realistic. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see how it does on a gameplay perspective because sun and moon kind of went with that idea a little bit uh the roots were a lot more open they were a lot more uh stylized they weren't just like straight lines <laughs> you know they weren't just like paths they were a lot more like new things like the mountains and the, you know stuff like that um there was a lot more freedom to it. And I think they're really having a big step up with the freedom in the open world. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how that works and how, uh, how the whole system where certain Pokemon appear during certain times, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's making me excited. It seems to be a little bit different than the whole, you know, just time encounters in like gold and silver. It seems to be like literally Pokemon will just appear randomly throughout the open world and they'll spawn at certain times. It's not even like, Pokemon will spawn in certain areas. It's just like, you know, it's, it's going to be a little different, I feel. Uh, new gym leaders. Uh, there was Milo, the grass gym leader. And, of course, uh, if you watched the E3 presentation today, there was Nessa, the water gym leader, revealed, which was part of the uh, the E3 uh, demo that people could try out, which is where uh, Yamper and whatever that thing's name was. I don't remember its name. Hold on. Impidimp, yeah, Impidimp. Uh, Impidimp and Yamper uh, were revealed in in the demo that people could play at E3. Um, you could try out fighting Nessa with the new Dynamaxing, so I'm excited to see how that works. Um, there are very, very few more things before we wrap up here because I only have five minutes left. Uh, the Pokeball Plus could be used to, to take your Pokemon on a walk. It can't be used as a controller, which is sad. I know, it's sad. Uh, I'm a little bit upset about that, but it's okay. Um, but, um, you know, you can take them on a walk, probably get friendship with them, probably get some extra perks, maybe like in Let's Go, where you get, like, items and stuff for walking with your Pokemon. So that's that's cool. Uh, and ending it on kind of a sad note... Uh, only Pokemon in the Galar decks can be transferred to, uh, to, to, to Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is unfortunate. It's very, very unfortunate. Uh, yeah, and, uh, it's, it's a little sad, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, anyway, before I wrap things up, uh, I'm going to give a little bit of conclusion very quickly, and then we're going to go through the last segment of the day. Um, so what do I think about this new Direct and the E3? Amazing. I can't wait to see more stuff about it. Love the new Legendaries. Love the open world system. I love what they've shown. I love how much they're keeping things under the water in terms of the story, in terms of the, the setting. The game looks great. The setting looks great. Everything looks great about this game. The new Pokemon. I love the aesthetic they're going with the new Pokemon. Uh, I can't wait to see more. I, I love the Pokemon designs. They're so creative. Seriously. 
they've outdone themselves this time. I'm very excited about this. Um, I'm so, so excited. I wish I could talk about it more, but I'm going to save it for another episode, you know? Uh, like I said before, we're going to have to cut it short this episode because of the whole time allocation thing, but later I can talk more. Maybe I'll do, like, a an extra next episode where I talk a little bit more about my feelings a little more in-depth just because of how much we have to rush. So, uh, move tutor for this week is uh, Wake Up Slap. Of course, Move Tutor is the segment where we go through a random move every every episode, and we talk about it. Uh, this episode's move is Move Tutor. It is a damage-dealing fighting-type move introduced in Generation 4. Wake Up Slap deals damage and will double the power when the target is sleeping. It will also wake the target up. Uh, in Generation 6, the base power of Wake Up Slap was increased from 60 to 70. Uh, wake Up Slap... That's it. We, you know, that's all I really have to say. It's a uh, PP of 10, power of 70. Uh, it is a... It's just a move. <laughs> it it deals extra damage while they're sleeping, and it wakes the target up if they are sleeping, which is interesting. It's a cool mechanic. I like that mechanic. Uh, there's a few other Pokemon that... There's a few other moves like that that, like, remove status effects uh, when they get hit by the move, like... Um, you know, getting hit by certain fire moves removes frozen, getting hit by wake up slap removes sleeping, getting hit by smelling salt re- uh, removes paralysis. It's interesting. I like those types of moves. Uh, so anyway, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, it really means a lot. Your support really means a lot. And uh, I'm going to have to have the intro also be super short. I'm sorry. I know next episode will be longer, I hope. Uh, but Thank you all so much for listening. This has been your host, Lelician. Uh, I will see you all next episode. Bye. Bye.